Los Nazarenos Los Nazarenos What a beautiful voice Y corazón Corazón Hola Cristo Rey. Oh, Cristo Rey, for sure, dude. Always Cristo Rey. <laughs> All right. Viva Cristo Rey. <laughs> Viva Cristo Rey. All right. My man, uh, K Money here is, uh, it's happening, man. Is, is now Mr. K Money, Mr. Money, Mr. Mr. Money. money. That's the opposite <laughs> of what I am now. This... If I was supposed to make money before. Now, yeah. all shots now, now that you're married, you're Mr. K Broke. Cave broke exactly. <laughs> it was funny. We we just moved into our new place, everyone here in North Carolina, and uh, I took a picture of everything. Everything was already set up, and I sent a picture to my brother, and I was like, "When you try to do the minimalism look, and you just look <laughs> broke <laughs> instead." So you got the those cinder blocks with a piece of plywood for a coffee yeah, table. For sure, dude. Yeah, yeah man. That's it. was like. Let's buy a sofa, and I was like, "I'm not ready to drop two G's on a sofa." <laughs> you don't know. We got we got ours for one. <laughs> so yes, that's our, a lot of money. It's still a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go yeah, to yeah, like yeah. rent a center. <laughs> yeah, Cra- Craigslist, Craigslist it, and just uh, get like Stanley Steamer to come out or something. Oh well, yeah, that's not and, a bad idea. And steam that thing. But mm-hmm. all right, well enough. Uh, Kerwin got married. Yeah, he's, he's he's off the market seminary. No yeah, <laughs> sorry, Franciscan friars. You can yeah. still become that third order Franciscan. Oh, for sure, or even a deacon, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. and then I'm I'm uh I don't even know if we did a full update on our like Easter special, but I don't um, think so. Yeah, because so we both left San Diego. <laughs> Yes, we were not in San Diego. Anymore. Yeah, sorry, and, San Diego. We miss and you. yeah, and so I I live in Texas now, and um, just outside of San Antonio, and I'm going for my PhD in spirituality. Oof, so I'll oof. be a, I'll be an even bigger smartass in the coming years. So for sure, so if s- we thought his head was big, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> hold that, on. That e- I just need to stroke that ego because oh, I for sure. Yeah, and then he, uh, he'll be going into everyone's like, please, it's Doctor Combs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, no doubt no about way. it. We're gonna we're gonna change it in yeah. a few years. The podcast will be <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Combs and Kerwin and the peasant Kerwin. <laughs> Are you gonna go get that ED? Uh, yeah, as a, I'm that, have to. That uh, no, no, not ED, not a, not erectile dysfunction, but yeah, no. Is it called an ED? We already have that. Uh, no, it's it's a, a, a MED. MED. Okay. Yeah, so it's a master's in education, but okay. I don't not, know what. Uh, definitely not an STD. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that sacred that's, theology do- no, doctorate. No, no, no. That's that's out in Rome, and I don't know if Rome's in the works. <laughs> well, it come down here. Uh, they got that. Uh, they got that doctor in education at st mary's university down the street from me they, they do yeah they do have a lot of really cool schools out in texas actually yeah. there's st thomas uh in in, uh, in texas that's got a pretty good program their campus is pretty cool yeah but no yeah. 
but they're not a sponsor. So, but if not a sponsor, if, but feel if, free to sponsor. Yes, yeah, St. Mary's, if you if you hear this and you want to give us some money, <laughs> or, or or a job, yeah, or a yes. job, yeah. <laughs> cool, anything. Just All right, the thank you card. <laughs> so, um, we before we were chatting, like we so. I don't know. Our topic um, for the next couple podcasts is, mm-hmm. and, and I think this season might have this theme because we're going to do a couple things that I think are a little more focused on um, Latin American theology. Yeah. 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 Or Latin X, Latin at. Yeah. Latin at. That's a big <laughs> one too. I remember. Latino. Like, Latino. Yeah. It's, it's just super interesting how there's a lot, you know, but how we want to make sure we we're, we're very inclusive here. So yeah. <laughs> whatever you prefer what, is cool. Whatever your Latin uh, letter <laughs> reference. Yeah. yeah is. <laughs> what's we're yours? What's what's yours, Kerwin? <laughs> well, I still I still do the the O Latino theology. Uh, okay. uh, but when I was like writing papers, it was definitely the Latin at. Okay. Uh, just because it was just it's uh, not Latin, Latin X when I was doing my thesis was not like a big thing. I think okay. it was just starting off. Uh, so it would have been like, what <laughs> my advisor would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we could what? do it. Um, what was, uh, shoot. Uh, just, so it's not, it's not machismo theology. No, it's not. No, it's not really <laughs> That, that's the theology we've been talking about is machismo, mm-hmm. yeah. we, machismo we, theology. Yeah. We should get more. Well, our only guests on the show have been women, but we're. Yeah, we're, but we're pretty cool. We're matriarchal. <laughs> kind of. Well, we just, yeah. as of the recording of this, I think yesterday was the Feast of Mary Madeline. So shout out to our girl. That's right. um, that was, you know, here's a cool story that's what janet's birthday was yesterday and they were going to call her mary magdalene oh yeah cool. that's a cool little thing nice. i'm not sure if she wanted me to share that but she, well <laughs> it's, that uh, it's out there now <laughs> uh, that's one of the dopest saints like they say that yeah. she she was the church between the time oh, like sure. of witnessing the resurrection and announcing it like she was the church oh is she mad she, she was not happy <laughs> <laughs> We can edit that out. <laughs> no, I, I think that's just fine. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. She, she's the reason we have so many views. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Mary Madeline. But Mary Madeline is not our topic. But maybe we can do a no. whole podcast on Mary Madeline because yeah, that'd be really I, cool. I'd like to I, know more about her. To be honest, yeah, with you. I, I wrote a term paper on her, so I could oh, very dust, cool. I could dust that off. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, we're going to hit a few topics this season on um, Latin American theology or ecclesiology. Um, and so today we're going to start off by talking about um, the, the Second Episcopal Conference of Latin America and their mm-hmm. bishops, um, which, was, which goes by Medellin. Am I saying Medellin. that right? Medellin. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Medellin, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to emphasize <laughs> the yin part. Medellin. There you go. Yeah. You guys can't see him, but he's doing like an Italian hand thing, which I don't understand why. 
<laughs> Medellin, if you don't know, is in Colombia. Yes, <laughs> like on yes. the opposite side. <laughs> Medellin, <Upper> Italy. <laughs> Medellin, Colombia. M E D E L L I with an accent N. There's no Y in Medellin, yeah. so it's the double L. The double the, L. Yeah. So, all right. Well, should we just like dive right into this? Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's like it's the Olympics right now. Diving is a big sport. This is sponsored by NBC. Yep. <laughs> all right. So we already talked about Medellin was in yeah. uh, Colombia, and mm-hmm. so. It was in 1968 between the date between August 24th and September 6th. And like, this is a big deal. Um, It's, it's often like, I don't know. I feel like it's often the council and like the writings from this council, like a lot of um, whether it's liberation theology or um, other contexts in Latin America Mm -hmm. kind of, always reference back to Medellin and there's been more councils after that. Like they, they seem to have one about every 10 years. Um, Cause there's like Puebla and Aparecida. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Medellin is a big deal. And um, so I'm going to just um, throw it out there to you. Um, uh, oh yeah, for K- sure, man. K broke. Yeah. K broke. K broke. K broke. We know that's for sure. <laughs> the new nickname, dude. K money's gone. He, he died June twenty sixth. Um. So, all right. Well, what's going on at Medellin? Like, what are the origins of this thing? Ooh. Yeah. So Medellin. Medellin again, like like you were saying, Medellin was like a super important time, uh, just because, um, you know, we have the Second Vatican Council ends in sixty five, and like individuals like start like seeing like how are we going to implement these like documents these new like ideas um to latin america like how like how how does that like really like how does it how does it work here you know there's a lot of like turmoil happening and so what ends up happening is that you know all the bishops of latin america roughly like 750 bishops and don't quote me on the number this is like you know there's just a lot of bishops (laughs) yeah they come together um and they, you know, they begin the Second Episcopal Conference of Latin America, CLAM uh, two, and uh, within this like conference, the biggest idea was like, how can we adapt these like Vatican Council documents in a creative way within the Latin American context? Okay, um, and so what we have to like understand about CLAM is that. Um, they were established in, in Brazil in 55 mm-hmm. and like their biggest like um, purpose during this was to push like the second Vatican council toward a more progressive stance. And mm-hmm. as we go through like CLAM two, you'll see like what, what, what that actually means. You're like, what, like progressive how, um, just because like the things that they like suggested are the things that they like, like came out with at the point of the concluding documents for CLM2 were like pretty revolutionary for their time. Just, mm-hmm. it just really opened up the idea of like church. So um, if like, if, if you know anything about like councils or conferences or even like in Guentos, they, they always have like a thing, right? Like something that, that like that's guiding them. 
throughout the whole like event. Just like if you go to a retreat, there's a theme, right? Like mm. the Holy Spirit or whatever the case may be. For uh, this uh, for this conference in Medellin, their theme was um, the church in the in the present transformation of Latin America in the light of the council. So again, they were very much focused, like how are we going to transform this Latin America, this like um, land, this continent that we have today in the light of like these new, like amazing ecumenical documents. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was their focus. And um, the, the, the main, the main, I guess, like topic or the main, um, yeah, topic, right? It, would, it was the poor and the oppressed in, mm-hmm. in, the, in their society. Like they knew, like, our biggest struggle right now is, is, is are the oppressed or the marginalized or, or the poor? How can we help them, right? And so uh, these bishops, they recognized that the church needed to take a more concrete approach, uh, a more like, uh, than just like, saying you know like keep praying and everything is going to be okay like they're they're like hey like yeah pray don't stop believing in doctrines continue doing all these things but as a church you know these bishops said like as an establishment as um not not what's the word i'm looking for as an establishment um institution that's the word i was looking for as an (laughs) institution we need to do something it is our you know, it is our uh, like our um, our our need to do something for the individuals more than just telling them like be holy and do your sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. that's it's more than just that. And so this is where we get like this um, is very like uh, uh, like important quote, right? Like we, we hear it being used like in a lot of like documents, which is like a pre- uh, preferential option for the poor. Like mm-hmm. they are the focus, you know? yeah. And it's, and um, you know, and like this goes, and like they are able to do this through like Christian-based communities, and these are like communities that are led by lay people uh, who end up being selected by church pastors, and like a lot of encuentros, like or like conferences, kind of still use this uh, form of like gathering information, uh, where it's just like it used to disseminate like. Um, into like small parishes and the parishes like go out and like pick a leader for the community and then they go out and build their own like uh, groups and stuff like that. And so um, it was a a really great way to really like go understand what the issue is, like where the issue is at and then, you know, disseminate and bring back that information. Um, And then, you know, at the end of the day, the goal of the bishops was, you know, to liberate the people from like, institutionalized violence of poverty mm-hmm. so they understood that poverty and hunger was preventable like yeah. we, we we're able to do so much to prevent this um we just haven't taken those steps to do it and so i think like overall that's what i would say c lamp 2 is about all right yeah and that's i mean just think like all those things like preferential options ah, <laughs> option for the know, yeah. <laughs> preferential option for the poor a lot of peas in there um and then like even this idea of like liberating people from institutionalized violence and like that stems from poverty this is all very straightforward in the gospel like right. you, you, <laughs> like if 
if you, and sorry if I'm this, is, if you feel called out when I say this, but I'm sorry, but Jesus is calling you out. If you mm-hmm. don't think that like the poor need to be taken care of and that like the least among us should be put first in society like you have not been paying attention at church mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you like that's so clear in the gospels like throughout parables through like and i mean if i know i think last season we talked about uh, matthew chapter 25 um it is black and white there like it's not only that like jesus is telling you to um, take care of these people he is identifying himself with them Mm -hmm. so it's not even like go help them because like it's a nice thing to do it's like no go help them because that's actually jesus jesus says like when when you didn't help that poor person you weren't helping me so (laughs) it's not just a prefer not just a preferential option for the poor but the preferential option for jesus (laughs) for god for choosing god for choosing to be the yeah so um well maybe we could dive a little more into like this um context of institutionalized violence and poverty um yeah. And like, you can like really draw this and like, this was happening in 1968, like we said, and the second Vatican council was in 1965. Um, and so if, if you're not a history buff, like mm-hmm. you need to remember that, like, this is just a couple decades after like colonialism really starts to fall apart. Like Mm -hmm. it's after world war two that and world war two ended in 1945. And that's when like the British empire, like started to like, let go of its um, colonies. (laughs) Um, You get a, or even, and even a lot before that too, you can think about India and all the work that Gandhi did, but like a lot of this, we can draw back to, colonialism and Mm -hmm. the long term effects of it and and not just like the colonialism you think of with like christopher columbus and like conquistadors running through right the the aztec empire and stealing all the gold i can't remember that guy's name cortez cortez yeah yeah cortez that 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 jackass cortez yeah Um, what a guy (laughs) (laughs) um it's not just that like and you could we could make an argument that colonialism is alive and well today it just looks different Mm. um but so you you have this like the system gets built up where like in the 20th century like the western world so like western europe and the united states are like exporting all the like goods and raw materials and labor out of um, South America and Central America. Like you there. Oh, sorry. Tangent. But like, go, go look up the podcast through line. 
and check out their episode on bananas. Like, (laughs) like, like bananas is a classic example of this. Like this fruit grows here and we're just going to take it all. (laughs) Like you don't get to make money off of your own bananas. Like this guy, like, like robbed the government. I can't remember what country it was, but he just like robbed the Central American country's government and like made millions of dollars off of bananas. Um, Anyways. But so, yeah, that's, and so like by the time of the middle of the 20th century, we have a lot, some of these countries are like, okay, we need to actually be like reaping the benefits of what comes from our country. And so it's like, we're not going to be like exporting all this stuff. We need to take our goods and make our own stuff and like try to become Mm -hmm. a self-sufficient country. But I feel like there's also the pitfall of like, we need to be more like America, which is right. yeah. not, which didn't necessarily work. Um, so it's kind of this colonialism of capitalism is like really driving like just rampant poverty and like mechanisms of oppression in a lot of South American countries and Central America. So um, yeah, so what's more of this context <laughs> yeah no I, I think like that's i think that's like really good that's really good context for us to have and, and like i guess in addition to what like you just mentioned it's like we have to understand that this was a very violent violent time mm-hmm. as well in like colombia in central like south america uh just because like a lot of these individuals are like gunning for power because like they're just like oh there's a vacuum of power now I'm the person that's got the most individuals that could be like an army or whatever the case may be. I'll take control now. Mm. And so, uh, you know, individuals or like the citizens of like these different countries were like at maybe at time, like they were okay with it. And now they've been fed up with it. And so they're, they want change, right? All of these individuals want change. And, and you see that within the, you know, the results of, of, uh, of, of the Medellin conference. Um, there was a there was a stance taken by 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 Pope Paul, uh, and uh, it pretty much focused on, uh, you know, I guess like it was taken a little bit out of context. Uh, mm-hmm. But in, in his writing, you know, he he wrote like an encyclical called, uh, and I'm going to butcher this. Wait, you know Latin? It's it's P O P U L O R U M Popolorium Progressio. Uh-huh. I think is how you pronounce it. Yep. But in it, he pretty much states, like you know, like um, it's you know the rights of men. It's it's clearly called for social change. A violent this is violent revolution was rejected, but there was a qualification, and so this is this is the qualification that a lot of the people of Latin America really held on to as kind of like the go ahead for violence from the Pope. And it said, like, except where there is a manifest long-standing tyranny that would do a great damage to fundamental personal uh, personal rights and dangerous harm to the common good of the country, right? And so a lot of individuals took this as, like, as the Pope saying, hey, like, I don't condone violence, but, like, if you're in a situation where, like, the common good and your personal rights are being violated, then, like, maybe something does need to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the reality was that, you know, that's not what the Pope 
was like really trying to push to. And so a lot of individuals uh, were disappointed at the end of the day, you know, but what the, the bishops of, of the Salem too, what they ended up doing was kind of bringing something to light that I, that I feel like really um, helps mend both of these like ideas, like, which is like their desire was to help Latin America community. And its focus was not into changing the system or promoting structural change. Like they're just like that, that's not enough anymore. Mm -hmm. Like changing the system, changing the government, changing um, like the people who are in power, like that's, that's not enough anymore. But the bishops believe was that like in order for the system to change, in order for structural change to happen, that would have to be like a direct result uh, from a conversion within humanity, right? Mm -hmm. So it's this idea of like helping create like a new man, a new creation. Um, and they took that directly from like the writings of Paul, right? Like, like think, thinking of Jesus as the new man coming back from the resurrection. And, and so by doing this, like this new man would have to like know how to truly be free and responsible according to the light of the gospel. And so this is why they came together. It's like, we have to use the gospel. We have to have change, you know, and it's not just going to be prayer. It's not just going to be like sacraments. There, there is going to be change. And so that's what the bishop said, like, as an institution, we need to do something as well to help them out. Like, we just can't hope that individuals will be like, okay, like, we'll, we'll be, we'll be fine now. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you everything. You don't have to worry about anything. Like, mm -hmm. they're very realistic that what they were offering had to be more than just, like, theoretical. Like, they're like, we need mm -hmm. to offer actual solutions and not just, like, more fluff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we just can't say Jesus is the answer. Like Jesus is the answer, but like, what else can we do? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Cause, so. uh, cause that's really, I mean, that's, I think one of the hard things about theology can be, mm -hmm. it just becomes like an academic discipline instead right. of being something that is real. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and so that's a really good point. It's like, because it, it, sometimes, like, yeah, prayer, prayer works, but often like sure. prayer, the way prayer works is that like it yearns, it makes you yearn to do something. And like mm -hmm. you get some kind of um, insight. It's like, okay, well, like it, it's not often that the red seat, the red sea parts in two. It's, right. it's, <laughs> it's not often that like, <laughs> I don't know, like somebody touches somebody and they're healed of right. an ailment. It's often that like, um, you know, you pray, yeah. you discern, and then you, mm -hmm. you know, you listen as well, you know, kind of prayers like that thing where it's like you ask, but you also have to listen. Yeah. And, feel, and, and, go from there. and I think that like in saying this concept of like, um, in light of the gospel. And that's, mm -hmm. I think a lot, we often misunderstand mm -hmm. the gospel message and like mm -hmm. the, the bishops of Latin America were wanting to make their countries and their society as a whole better. And right. when, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, when we pray in the, our father, like "Thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth on earth as it is mm -hmm. in heaven mm -hmm. it's to make 
earth more like heaven. Right. And that's like, we often think like, or I think there's a misunderstanding of Jesus's message. It's just like, follow my rules and you'll go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That like, right. that's, that's part of it. But yeah. it's actually be like me. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me, then the world will become a better place. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a great interpretation. I think like uh, at times we, we are just like, oh, it only says this and this is mm-hmm. all I have to do. And I was like, well, there's, there's more to it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's even like I, the, just the utter shock that like people have when uh, like, I often liked to bring like the most shocking parables to Bible studies and be like, I love it. Like the, one of my favorites is the one um, where like the lab, the like vineyard owner, he goes out and he finds laborers at 6 Mm AM and then he goes out again at 12 and he goes out again at three and he goes again five and then he pays them all the same. And, and Jesus is like, this is what, this is what the father is like. This is what your father in heaven is like. And, and like the, the guy who is there last is like, well, I worked 12 hours today and you're giving the guy who worked one hour, the same amount of money. It's like, but that's Mm -hmm. the radical love and mercy Mm -hmm. of God. And like, if that makes you uncomfortable, good. Like, but that's also what Jesus is calling us to be like, Um, like we just, so like they're like at the time of this recording, there's a bunch of protests going on in Cuba the past week. Oh yeah. And um, one of the things that people have been calling for is like an end of U S sanctions on Cuba because like the sanctions like aren't helping the people there. Like, I mean, like it, it's i know it's more complex than that but it's like so like there's our human beings on the ground who are struggling and like Mm -hmm. the things that the united states is doing because we maybe don't like the government there is actually having an adverse effect on human beings and like and that's i think that's the theme of like uh the united states in general (laughs) i would i would agree with that we want we those bananas. Like hey, our, yeah. the, these rich white ladies in uh, Connecticut love their bananas. So let's go, ex- let's go exploit some people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. But um, yeah, it's a, I mean, there's even, I think Pope Francis has called for like a forgiveness of like all debt of people in a, of African countries and that are like in debt to European countries, just like, and that's that's the gospel. That's the message yeah, of that's Jesus. Yeah, it's, Be frank doing it right. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, so but with, we got with that in mind. I feel like I think that's a great transition because, like, that's that's kind of like where, like, we see like these results that we'll go over. There's there's a you know they there was a lot of documents that came out of Medellin. And like, mm-hmm. we can categorize them into, I mean, we can put them into different categories, you know, 
uh, I think the eight prominent categories that people would usually state that, you know, the council had would be like education, um, the media, like how to, how to use media. Um, that was big because it was just, you know, it was popping off. It was getting, it's not as complex or developed as it is now and stuff like that. But media was a big thing uh, as a form of communication, mm-hmm. you know, uh, poverty, of course, being a big point. Uh, in this case, the elites as well, you know, people that are at, on top, um, peace, uh, the youth, justice, and then they wrap it up with like, which I think was really cool. Uh, follow through like how are they going to follow through with all of these things you know uh, which is something that I found super super cool because I was like it's easy to be like well this is what we think all right <laughs> figure it out you know yeah it's like we did our part we got together we skipped a couple of meals or maybe not and now <laughs> you guys are figuring all of this out so uh, what I think we're what we'll end up doing today is uh, breaking down just a few of these results. Mm-hmm. And then on part two, we'll break up. We'll do four, four, four categories today. Uh, and then we'll do another four, uh, the next one, which is we'll focus on the elites, poverty, media, and education. Uh, and then uh, we'll go from there. Whoop. <laughs> what? what? All right. Sounds dope. So what's, what's up with that education? What are they... What are the what does C Lamb want us C Lamb two want us to get after when it comes Drop to that knowledge? It it knows it knows. At the end of the day, the bishops knew that education knowledge like that is like the key to like to liberating oneself, right? Mm-hmm. So the primary focus of like the this document on education was in 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 the word in Spanish is conscientización which translates to like awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like being aware of like the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was like, there's two mindsets that were like being introduced uh, by, uh, by different, like by, by like opposing parties to the bishops. Like, and these were kind of like, like the two uh, big head, uh, like head honchos, right? One of them uh, brought awareness um, through like, motivating the complacent society like the people they're like well this is just how it is like this is mm-hmm. like america whatever whatever kind of moti- motivating the society toward a transformation but by developing a, like a revolutionary mentality so it was very radical it was very revolutionary so very much I, when i think like every time like i think of revolution or radical i do think violence it, it's mm-hmm. not always the case but yeah. you know but it yeah, it's it tends to like here that way a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. You know? That um, that uh that Jesus guy was pretty uh radical exactly. and revolutionary. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, and so here's the thing, like even if you are, you know, and I think that's why I really like like when I when I think like of radical and revolutionary, I think Jesus, right? Because he was that. Mm-hmm. And yet yet he wasn't violent, right? But he like he was like so radical and revolution that it cited violence on the opposing end, right like on the people that were like being like hey no way dude like what are you doing what do you what about my mosaic law that i've been following yeah yeah and what about like me i've been part of this priest family for my whole life like you're telling me that like what i'm doing is wrong you know and, yeah, and it was just like yeah yeah well you know what and i think this is going to be I think everyone need like make a mental note for 
the next episode when we talk mm-hmm. about follow through. Um, yeah. Cause like, remember G- Jesus just, you, he used words mm-hmm. and action, like, yeah. and like good at like healing people. <laughs> like, right. Right. Like, yeah. like he, it, and it's like a, and it's almost like a whole making, he was like trying to make s- society whole again by mm-hmm. bringing back in those who are outcasts from society. Right. And, but yeah, remember this for the follow through because we're going to talk about a couple people who like just they used their words like they weren't violent and they there was retaliation against them just like jesus so for sure no i completely agree that is a great uh, mental note and and then there was the second mindset right and the second mindset was that they would use education more as as a tool for social integration of like marginalized groups so it was more like a gradual self-help approach you know Mm -hmm. just like oh like it seems like you you didn't know how to read so we'll we'll send out like a few people out there to teach you how to read but like no big change it was just very gradual and stuff Mm -hmm. um so the bishops like they were just like all right like we like like each of these mindsets by themselves is not going to yield the results that we that we're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And again, the results that we're looking for were like a new humanity that would be free and would follow through in the light of the gospel. So, like super crazy violence, because like again, like even though Jesus was nonviolent and he was radical and revolutionary, thinking back about the context of where we're at, these individuals are definitely thinking more like. Viva la revolucion yeah. Che Guevara. Yeah, know? yeah. So, so it was like we can't just do mindset one where it's radical and revolutionary. But they did. They also didn't agree with the second mindset either, which is just integrate people because mm-hmm. um, the bishops knew that like it's like the current educational structures were oppressive. Like they yeah. they weren't <laughs> allowing people to be themselves you know they let's make everyone white (laughs) exactly right yeah (laughs) it's like what you like you know like Uh, that's a conversation yeah we this this is so relevant because that's like the canada's like reckoning with their horrible education system that stripped people of their culture and just tried to make Mm -hmm. them white and yeah and murdered a bunch of them (laughs) i mean we we did that here with like the native americans Mm -hmm. With President Polk, just like everybody goes, you know, <laughs> this land is my land, right? Yeah, <laughs> into your land, it is not your land, and so, <laughs> and so, like, that the, their, their ideas were just like individuals of indigenous background, individuals that had been here that have traditions that have cultural investments of their lands, like, they like if we just if we just include them or gradually integrate them, they're, they're, they're going to lose, they're being forced to lose all of those things, mm-hmm. you know? And so they, 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 they were like, in the end, the bishops just, they, they went and they approached education um, as like the key component of change. So they wanted to, to, to use both of these mindsets in a way that would bring forth a transformation of the conscience because like what happens is once you transform the way you think Mm -hmm. right once you're no longer just thinking about like the one way or like 
what this like Western mindset is, you know, then what you're able to do is you're able to promote, you know, education more of of a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. And it respects your local and your national traditions. So it's just being able to incorporate, yeah, hey, you know what, like this, this is important to this group. We should be able to celebrate this importance and we shouldn't like downgrade it or downplay it or eradicate it, but like just overall, you know? And so what it did is that it emphasized a revolutionary change, you know? So we're integrating people, but we're integrating people with their traditions, right? Mm -hmm. So we're we're more like we're, we're, we're bringing forth this awareness to everybody. And so there's, there's that integration component of the second mindset. We're also creating a revolutionary change, not one of violence, right? But one of like, it, that follows in the footsteps of Christ's like death and resurrection, where like the individual dies to the old ways of thinking, dies to the old ways of doing things, and is like resurrected or brought back um, with the conscious of a, of a new society, you know, one that is welcoming and inclusive. And so- yeah that's kind of like that, that, that was their approach to, to the education. They were, I mean, they were also very aware that it was going to create problems, you know, the status Mm -hmm. quo is they knew that they were not going to be okay with it, but they, they said that, that like to them, that wasn't a big issue. They were just like, you know what, like, so be it. Like that's like, that just, it's gonna happen. We know that not everybody's going to be pleased and individuals that are privileged individuals that are of power, um, don't like that you know like yeah. i i know like as a teacher when new things come like i'm just like no the way i'm doing things is good i don't need to change anything <laughs> you know i'm perfect but perfect. that's not yeah, yeah you know that's that's not the reality um and this is even like the we had the amazon sitted a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. i think there's a bit of a renewal among some of these bishops that it's like we're gonna have to like speak out against the oppressed and or Mm -hmm. speak out against oppressors right not only because the amazon synod wasn't just about like the destruction of the rainforest it was like the destruction of peoples Mm -hmm. and it's like so some of them are like yeah we we might die because of this endeavor Mm -hmm. but that's like what it takes to transform a society is to like really step up and speak the that truth (laughs) right yeah and we'll see that later on like in when it comes to like um the uh the the poverty component of it the bishops like we just we we need to do something Mm -hmm. we can't expect people to want to do change if we don't do it ourselves yeah you know what i'm saying it's just like if we are not doing it if we're not leading them we if we don't lead by example nobody's gonna follow everybody's yeah. going to be like that's a cute 10 page paper that you wrote uh, i'll read yeah, it yeah. and i'll talk about it at, at the pulpit and then i'm like not do what i need to do you know yeah so it's just like this lead by example and like yeah it's, it, again it's it, conflict will arise you know and uh you just you push forward knowing that what you're doing is hopefully you know yeah. the right thing that's and i think towards the end of this we'll talk a little bit i wanted us coming attractions of like the u.s bishops oh yeah like like it takes backbone and 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, some some of our bishops don't have a backbone. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because again, you're comfortable where, where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. You're happy with how things are. I I like my bishop's mansion. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Have you cool. been to the one that's there in Arlington? Oh uh, no. It, it, like Washington D.C. No, it's uh, oh. it's there in Texas. It's oh, Arlington, Texas. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I haven't. I think it's called the Bishop's Palace. Hopefully it's empty. Let's go blow it up. Oh, I'm sorry. It, it is empty. It's the Galveston. It's in Galveston. Galveston. Okay. Houston. Yeah. Galveston. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I went there once and it was pretty cool. But yeah, I'm just like, this is like, I don't know, man. Like, Opulent. Get all of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Burn it all down. All right. <laughs> speaking or of sell it and then use it, you know, yeah. speaking of burning it all down, um, <laughs> what's what's with that media that that second uh, that second oh, yeah. uh, portion Ooh. yeah the bishops were like get yourself a tiktok learn a dance then <laughs> 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 get tiktok famous <laughs> rap and about so your cats you hear, yeah and they're so and they're like always make sure they use a catchy song and so they're like into the thick of it Yep, into the thick of it. <laughs> Those backyardigans making making bank right now. Uh, but yeah, so social, so it's not social media. I keep saying social media, but it's it's their focus uh, it was media of social communication. So being able mm. to communicate, right? Um, and I mean, the bishops were very positive and promoted the use of media. Uh, they saw it as a, as a good for the church. You know, uh, this this document itself was fairly short. They they did say, you know, just just be careful mm-hmm. because just like with anything, the media carries the same faults as other industries, right? Like, yeah, uh, because it's controlled by economic, political groups, the national and foreign agendas, uh, or interest in maintaining the social status quo. Like that's a direct quote from them, and it's just like they, you know, it's like a lot of people throw out a lot of stuff media and so you you're gonna have to know how to like sift through all of that yeah you have to discern what's Mm -hmm. good that's yeah i mean this again super relevant yeah (laughs) all of these things they they knew what was up yeah yeah y'all y'all don't um don't get your information from memes that's not right yeah like like if a meme is like memes are fake news like yeah it's, exactly it, com maybe for comedy but not for like being informed yeah. <laughs> right yeah I, and it's so funny because like and i'm happy you brought this up because i'll put myself on blast i, I saw a meme <laughs> or something i told jan i was like can you believe this she's like where who said this? Like, where, where are you getting? I was like, oh, it's like this thing on Instagram. She's like, oh, you got to stop right now. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't you teach like your technological competence? Like, what, what are you doing right now? Like, you, like, you just can't take for sure. <laughs> okay. um, one of the cool things that I did think that the bishops I did was like, they encourage not just the priest, but also lady to become <laughs> professionals in such technology, which I think is very important uh, in order for in order uh, in order for them to use it to their full potential and for the benefit of the church and the people. You know, it's just like use your talents, uh, use your gifts. And like, here's here's a gift that's been given to you of media, being able to reach out to many people 
and like you know become a professional and understand how it works so that you're not like fooled so that you're not like you know like so nobody just like tells you something mm-hmm. yeah you know like um and i think like now with like um i think i, I especially after the pandemic right like it, it's it, i still think though like the church is using technology maybe at, like at a five percent yeah yeah like i feel like <laughs> they can do so much more with it but i mean at least they're using it and i feel like the pandemic really pushed it to like yeah. be like i guess we have to do something now you know like uh, but yeah, yeah. I think like the bishops here were just like, be good at it, dude. Like, don't, mm-hmm. don't be scared of it. Like it's, 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 it's a computer. Like it's, yeah. you're smarter. You yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. human. You can turn it off. If you Y'all went to, to seminary. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, know? you got master's degrees. You can do this. Yeah. If you can explain or like the Holy Trinity, you know how to like upload a picture on Instagram. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a, yeah. Yeah. It's terrible <laughs> there's okay all right so what about this uh holy poverty down here what's going on with oh that? oh my goodness Nick, poverty subject yes. number three subject number three. Oh my goodness so um what ends up happening during during this time is that they um that the bishops they they categorized poverty into like they broke it down into four sections first of all is what they did uh, in the first section, they talk about it's a it's pretty much like they they didn't beat around the bush. They're just like, hey, uh-huh. church, there's a huge gap between the poor and the church. Yeah, and we have to do something about it, right? They immediately state that like clergy in Latin America at times have like more money or more luxuries than like the people that they're sent to pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, they're supposed to be like the shepherds of these people uh, of their parish of the congregation. And all they're doing is like just like drinking fancy wine and having delicious food while like, you know, the parishioners like are like they barely have enough to eat, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and that's like, and I think this is probably a good place to bring this up, but like these like conferences have a big impact on Pope Francis. So like, mm-hmm. like really listen carefully to like, the stuff that we're talking about and like compare it with Francis because yeah. like, I think he took a lot of this to heart. He's like riding the bus. It's like, I'm not going to live in a papal palace. Like I'll carry my own suitcase for heaven's sake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the bishops really focused on, uh, um, and like reaching out because again, again, you remember where they're using Christian based communities. And so they're sending individuals out to like remote areas to gather information. And when they come back, they're, they're astonished by like information that they get, like and a constant like result that they would get was that a lot of the people, a lot of the poor in the areas that the bishops were at or the, or, or like a, a priest was located in, they felt that they couldn't really talk to their priests. Mm-hmm or talk to their bishops because they felt that these individuals lived such luxurious lives that they wouldn't be able to like empathize or like even identify with the problems that they were facing. Yeah. And so like, that's just like, that's, a, that's a huge wake up call. Like, dude, like you have one job and it's to like be awesome to like the parish, you know? Yeah. And like, if you're living a life that's so like, 
far off from the people that you're like supposed to be serving, like there's some reevaluation that needs to happen. Yeah. Well, that, and that, again, Pope Francis, he's like, he tells bishops, like, you guys are not princes of the church. Mm-hmm. Like, you are supposed to be pastors. Right. Get your hands in the mud. Like, right. Exactly. And so, uh, so then that's, that's the first part. The second part kind of like reevaluates what poverty means in the church. And so they, they break it down as like poverty as a lack of, mm-hmm. right? Spiritual poverty uh, and then poverty as a commitment, right? And so um, poverty as lacking is then again, you lack the necessities for a life of human dignity. And this in it by itself is evil, right? Mm-hmm. So like this is where like countries or individuals that just don't have like water or food yeah. or just the, lack these basic life necessities. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they they define like spiritual poverty, um, which for me was a little bit confusing. I was like spiritual poverty. I was like, oh, people that don't have faith, right? But uh, the way that they, yeah, they, yeah. they looked at spiritual poverty more was like the condition of total availability to God. Mm-hmm. It's like the way that they describe it is like this attitude of someone who hopes uh, uh, for everything um, to be like given to him by God, right? So it's just yeah. like an attitude of someone who hopes for everything from God. It's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to do anything God will provide. And like, I and always, when I like think of that, I think of like that story of the guy that's on the roof, right? And mm-hmm. there's like, God sends like a helicopter, a boat, like all oh, these yeah. things. And the guy just like, and then he dies and he's like, God, what happened? He's like, what do you mean what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. send you all of these things and like you didn't do anything with it. And I guess that goes back to our conversation earlier, you know, like, we, it, it can't just be like I'm gonna pray and then that's it. Like there has to be an action. Yeah, that follows through. Yeah, you know? action, action, and contemplation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then poverty as a commitment. Uh, you think of Saint Francis. You think of the friars, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's assumed voluntarily out of the love for the needy of this world. You know, in order for you to testify, um, and you know, in order for you to be able to have special li- spiritual liberty. Uh, to the goods of the kingdom, right? And so it's just like you're choosing poverty. Yeah. And again, like I think um, that's like that's that's a that's in my mind that's a luxury. You know what I'm saying? In order for you to be able to commit to poverty, I think is like it's is 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 a, a huge luxury that not a lot of people have. A lot of people are falling to more like a poverty uh, as a lack of. Yeah. You know, um, I always because... like tell. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, because not all of us are called to that lifestyle. Right, yeah. right, exactly. I always think about like I always like tell my parents like I'm very fortunate that like you know they they sacrifice so much to be like where they're at because because of their sacrifice I have the luxury to study like theology. Yeah. You know, like that these aren't fields that people go into. Um, I mean, basically because they don't they don't generate a lot of revenue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There isn't a lot of profit <laughs> in it, but it's just like, it's this idea where it's like, hey, like either two things are happening. Like you really see the value of like these like degrees or like, um, you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. You see the value of like being able to like know more about God or, more, or like, or philosophy or like all of these like different things where just like you, you want the betterment of like, of, of all of those around you, you yeah. know? Uh, but it's, it's not something that, everybody can just jump into because it's, you know, it can be difficult. 
that's why they call me K-Bro. K-Bro. <laughs> K-Bro. Bro uh, for Jesus. Bro for Jesus. <laughs> You're just not uh, praying hard enough. You know that prosperity dude, know, gospel. Yeah, that's it. I'm just going to sit here and not do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also in this section uh, that uh, the bishops do two really like key things, in, in my opinion. One of them is that it, it, it condemns the existing social structures, you know, like poor, the rich, like it condemns it. Like that's bad. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have social structures to begin with, you know? And then also it kind of like, not kind of like it's, it states that this idea that it's God's will for you to be poor gets condemned as well yeah. because it's just like, no, like it, God's will for you to be miserable. That's not God's will. You know what I'm saying? And so it's this idea that God's will for someone to have more than others gets condemned. And it's like, that, that's not it. That's not that, you know, God is a loving God, is a God of abundance. It's a God of giving, you know, it's not a God of like, I'm going to hold back so that you can be better, you know? Yeah. Um, like poverty and yeah, affluence are kind of like perversions of mm-hmm. the natural state. And that's even like the first Christian community in the acts of the apostles it's like yeah they everyone brought everything they had and it was distributed according to the need of each person right sounds like communism to me mm-hmm. <laughs> well it's funny that you say that because like on the notes a lot of you know a lot of individuals did think this this kind of like communism and yeah. when, you know pope all ended up leaving and pope john paul ii came he he was you suspicious. Know, he, yeah. he was very suspicious. And so he sent up, he ended up sending very conservative bishops to Latin America in order for them to halt like this liberation theology. Mm. Um, again, like that's just like an opinion. It might not be a very popular opinion. Again, don't, you know, yeah, yeah. martyr me, the JP2 people. Like I, uh, JP2 also did a lot of cool things, you know? Yeah. He uh, had a very specific context. Like he was, but yeah, right. right he was yeah. actually like, oppressed severely by communists right. so like right but then it's like he was also not able to step outside of his context to see mm-hmm. that's like yeah. like we can take like communism is an idea it's not like, right is parts of it are bad and some parts of it are good so we can take the good parts and run with them and hey uh that that passage from Acts chapter four just sounds an awful lot like communism mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Red flag. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that's not good biblical exegesis at all, but it's good for comedy. It's great for comedy. Dude. I love it. <laughs> all right, should we? Uh, all right. Uh, Do you want to wrap up poverty and then? Yeah, we can wrap that up and talk about the elite. <laughs> the elites, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, the following section talks about uh, providing, um, so pastoral orientation, right? Focusing on the poor, focusing on the marginalized, um, you know, helping them out the most. You know, mm-hmm. I think one of the really cool things uh, that the bishops did during this whole like process, during this whole conference is that at no point that they refer to the poor as like children or sons, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like, it denotes like they're almost like helpless, you know, it's just like instead, you know, or, or like that they need something from someone. Instead, mm-hmm. they like always refer to the poor as like 
uh, like in, in the sense of like brotherhood or brothers, mm-hmm. right? And what this does is that right off the bat, it emphasizes the idea that both parties are equal at all times. Yeah. You know, and I think that like that's like that's super powerful and that's super, uh, it really just like allows individuals to see like the importance of like human dignity. Yeah, hmm. It's just like everybody is worth the same here. Nobody is more, nobody's less, you know? Yeah, I like this. Um, and then that that last point of lead by example. Like, yeah, don't just sure, don't just talk about being like, but like di- divesting yourself of like all of the material stuff or all the unnecessary stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, that's another like thing. I'm going to keep on like comparing this to the bishops in the United States. Like, mm-hmm. what example are they setting? Right. And like, I, I don't want to like be too broad and be like the U.S. church is a total mess, but it's just right. like there are some very loud mouth jerks in the U.S. church, and mm. a handful of them are bishops. Right. And if that's the example that they're setting for the faithful, then right. Like what and do that's you what they're going to follow. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that wraps up poverty for us, where it's just like the bishops recognize that they have to offer, you know, uh, an example and, you know, actually do it. So they propose to have a more modest lifestyle, mm-hmm. having only what is necessary and functional. And again, I feel like <clears throat> in and by itself is like, it's still fairly broad because like, who defines modest, who defines functional, who defines necessary. Oh, it's, I, it's a necessity for me to have these things. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. You know, but I still do believe that, you know, they, they, the bishops did provide, like, examples of what needs to be done. You know, like, if you're a bishop, you can't be walking around with your bishop's crown, you know. Uh-huh. If they had a crown or something, <laughs> it's like, dial it, figure something out, like, help out your community, you know. Yeah. Should we, do you think we could do elites and, like, maybe condense it to five minutes oh yeah for sure okay yeah yeah. well edit note (laughs) (laughs) all right so the elites uh this is going to be the last section that we're going to talk about and what ends up happening here it's like the bishops know that all of this that they've so far like introduced is very good but that they're like specific individuals that need to get on board in order for this to actually work, right? And so when they talk mm-hmm. about the elites, in general, of course, they're talking about individuals uh, or leaders um, in prof- like in professions and in business industries and governments, right? But they're also in particularly focusing on the very few individuals that actually have the, the potential influence in decision-making like situations, mm-hmm. you know? So like, just like we know, like, yes, it's like, Amazon, right? Like Amazon, yeah. do something. Jeff Bezos, like Bezos, like particularly do something, you know? So the bishops were very focused. <laughs> I'm going to go to space. Right, exactly. <laughs> Isn't that the most, like, I've been thinking about, sorry, tangent. I've been thinking yeah, about that. It's like, it's like all of the rich guys, like, well, this planet's screwed. We better just yeah. start figuring out how to leave. <laughs> how to get out of here. Yeah. Instead of wanting to fix it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, uh, like the bishops group them, group the elites into two, into three different categories. Uh, traditionalists, conservatives, evolutionists, they're like revolutionaries. 
right? And so your traditional individuals that they don't want anything to change, they're happy with the status quo, uh, they have no social conscience, and they're focused on keeping their privilege, right? Uh, because they believe that their privilege is the established order. Like this is the only way for things to continue. Okay. Um, I mean, like, okay. again, yeah. again, the white order. <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, the, <laughs> or or the, the, the colonial, the, the, the colonial order that idea. the oppressor has established. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the evolutionists, they're, they're focused more on a means of production, right? And so this is kind of where like, I see well, like us like right now. Um, they believe that the marginal people should be integrated. However, only to a certain degree where like it's it only to a relationship of producer and consumer right so mm-hmm. like you know like and it, it what's really crazy now is that like the producer becomes the consumer right so i'm like i'm working really <laughs> really hard yeah to, yeah yeah like, and making these things to buy things that i'm making you know it's just like and we bought into this idea so hard yeah like, it's crazy <laughs> and that's like the i mean that's one thing i hear a lot and this is another more marxist idea of it's like <laughs> the people who are making the thing should actually get the profit from the thing that they're making. Right. Exactly. Like like not like, and, but that's just a completely different conceptualization of society outside of like what the past few hundred years has been. Have been right. Uh, Their emphasis is more on economic progress and not necessarily the betterment of the common people. Mm -hmm. Again, Jeff Bezos and all the rich people wanting to leave earth because (laughs) earth is getting like really crappy. And it's like all the peasants could stay there. Right. Uh, And then the revolutionaries are individuals that uh, they question their socioeconomic structure and they do want change. Uh, This change is brought forth in radical ways at times and uh, for this group, the people are the source of the change, right? Um, the masses need to be and uh, need to be active uh, in order uh, for like decision making process to to be like to reorder the social like structure. So it's just like the individuals have to really buy into the idea of wanting to change things, or else if they don't, then no change would really happen. Like mm-hmm. you'll just fizz out and die out and stuff, you know. So yeah. Uh, the bishops have like, um, you know, they, they, they see all of these structures. They don't pick sites. They don't pick a group that they think is best. Their desire is to really just call them out and be like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, like you guys can make a huge impact uh, if you take up that responsibility. So it's kind of like, we're calling you out, dude, do something about it. Yeah. And so that's, that's what they have to say about the elites. Well, all righty. And that's a lot, I think, maybe has a little cherry on top. Um, the, like, something that's kind of evolved in, like, the liberation theology and, like, people actually working for change in their countries is, like, Christians mm-hmm. and, like, atheistic social socialists, like, or, like, socialist parties that are, like, made up of Christians and atheists, like mm-hmm. both working towards a common goal instead right. of like, and, but then like people look at that with suspicion and we need to like break out of the, like, I don't think like, again, coming back to Jesus, Jesus was like radically new. Um, so if like you're hearing some of this stuff and you're like, 
oh hell no like you're you need to think like the holy spirit's always bringing newness and jesus brought jesus upended the entire system of like of his religion and so we can't be like afraid to like look at something and like and I think communism. We keep on talking about communism, and yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a perfect example because like I was like, should I be worried? Because people are so like, like my mom, for example, mm-hmm. like she hears the word communism and she has like a visceral reaction to it mm-hmm. because it's like for so long in the United States it was like ingrained mm-hmm. in every single child. Like these are the evil people, right? And like, I'm not saying go be a communist. I'm just saying like, no, we're not seeing that everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, you can find common ground for the good of um, the betterment of society with people you don't agree with. So. And I think that that's what like, that's what the bishops are asking for. You know, it's just like, let's find like where, Mm-hmm. where you have all of these notions like where can we meet yeah because we don't have to yeah we don't have to be all like we can work with like as catholics we can work with protestants and mm-hmm. muslims and jews yeah. and yeah. atheists to achieve the common goal of making our societies better right. like we may not always agree on the process but we sure as heck should be with <laughs> we're sharing the world with all these different people. Like we've got to right. figure out a way to do it together. Right. And that doesn't mean that we like sideline our beliefs or anything like that. It just yeah. means like we can figure out a way to make like the society outside of our religion, like a better society. And it's going to take all of us to do it. Right. right. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, that's a part one of Medellin. Part one Medellin. Medellin, powerful, dude. I see you. No one know why you're being quoted. A lot of footnotes, Medellin. Yeah. Well, and that's a, we got to get those t-shirts. <laughs> oh, for sure. I saw that. I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> or get some. I wonder if there's like a Medellin soccer club, or football club. Oh, we get some. We get Medellin FC like jerseys or something. (laughs) Love it. All righty. Well, thanks guys for uh, listening to this one. We're going to pick it up next time with part two on Medellin. And we're going to keep on exploring um, Latin American theology for a few more episodes. Maybe try to get some guests in here to talk about some stuff. And then uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll, uh, you can find us uh, at Nazarenos for Life. Oh, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, at Nazarenos for Life. Our website is just kind of a wasteland right now. So, but that's nazarenosforlife.com. Leave us a bad review. Yeah, leave us a one star review, or I mean, if you actually like it, a five star review. Um, yes. Yeah. And, uh, Shout out to K Broke over here for getting married. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Do it, guys. It's super exciting. Yeah. I love married life. Or go to the seminary or to the convent, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It, all of those vocations are powerful. Yeah. Or if you do go to a seminary, go to like Franciscan seminary. Yeah. yeah, or or religious orders. Don't go to diocesan seminary. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> don't be. I yeah. felt the same way. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent on board. Yeah, uh, the, those those diocesan ones need a little reform. So mm-hmm. get it. Go Maybe find yourself. Good. Go find yourself a religious order, <laughs> and uh, get get slanging that gospel, y'all. All right. All right, K bro. Later, my dude. Take care, everyone. All right. All right. Listen, we'll out.